station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, movie... We're going to call her a Bobby. Movie Bobby. (laughs) Melissa Kirscher. Hi. And we are also joined today by our movie novice. We're going to call him a movie vicar. that's okay. fine. Okay. Bob Alberti. Hi, Bob. Hello. I'm I'm an actual Bobby. Yes, you are an a, mother. According to your mother. So, uh, we are going to watch a film called Hot Fuzz. And Bob, since you have never seen this film, what you need to do is tell us right now what you know about the film Hot Fuzz. Well, uh, the film Hot Fuzz was featured in the play Anxiety the Musical that was produced by Fearless Comedy Productions, on which I was a co-writer. And uh, it is apparently the comfort movie. Uh, of the protagonist in that uh, in that play, uh, whenever she wants to zone out, she watches Hot Fuzz. Uh, that having been said, what I know about Hot Fuzz is I'm guessing it's a comedy about the police based on the title, and that is literally what I know about the movie itself. Oh, Very good, sweet. excellent. <laughs> oh, I love this. That is excellent. You know uh, basically nothing, and no, you this, and this you pimped great. a show that has closed, so nobody can that's see it. Okay, but well we done. Can put it on again. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It can be remounted. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing about plays. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, Hot Fuzz is a film by Edgar Wright. Uh, and I don't know if you are aware of any of his other films. Well, Shaun of the Dead is fairly well known. Oh, Shaun of the go. Dead. There, All right. there, there's some context. For now it. I've suddenly gotten a picture of um, the fellow from Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. But Sean Pegg. Sean Pegg. Simon. Here's Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. I, I don't know why I went to a Shaun. Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg in a British Bobby's outfit, like a vest or something, when you yeah. said that. Okay, so mm, I might have seen a promo for this. You might have seen a promo for this. So uh, it is, yes, it is a comedy. We will allow for that. We won't say much else. The uh, only other thing that we will say is uh, this is this is part of our Bond series. So what we are doing is we are following Timothy Dalton mm-hmm. from his performance as James Bond. In the Living Daylights to his performance in Hot Fuzz, <laughs> uh, and uh, which I love. <laughs> this this film features a great many uh, British character actors, mm-hmm. uh, and also Timothy Dalton. Yes, it, it, this is like a showcase of fantastic character acting. Oh, well, then I, I'm bound to yeah. enjoy this because yeah. I yes. love watching those British films. Um, and uh, you know, I don't I don't really want to go too much into the basic premise behind this film because it's more fun to kind of this kind of. Good discover it because it is well if you under edgar wright's sense of humor is is unique yes i think in filmmaking and uh either it's it's just a lot of fun i don't know melissa is there anything else you want to say before we just go watch hot fuzz i will just say if you have seen the movie before and you're just going to revisit it because we're talking about it um Pay t- particular attention to Edgar Wright's the way the way he constructs a scene visually is fascinating because he is one of the best directors working today to do that. Movie, Movie thoughts, yeah, 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 he's excellent at constructing a scene. It's great. I will point out, uh, dear listeners, that when you listen to this because it's going up in just a couple of days, there's a film by Edgar Wright in theaters called Baby Driver, mm-hmm. uh, and it is very very good, and uh, you should go check it out. I still need to see it. It's yes. also single-handedly responsible for getting that song stuck in my head over and over again. <laughs> so there you go. It's uh, we might if, if we don't come up with a better song from the movie to do right here, maybe I will do Baby Driver. But not really. I'm actually going to do a song from the movie because there are many fine songs from this movie, mm-hmm. one of which you'll be listening to for about 15 seconds. And that's all the time it will take for us to watch the entire movie because... 
podcasts are magic. We'll be back. <laughs> I, I have... just tried to keep up. Yes. And we are back. Many guns have been fired. Many things have been done for the greater good. And <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was worrying about that. And we need to find out. <laughs> and Bob, we need to find out uh, what you thought about Hot Fuzz for the greater good. The greater good. You blew it again. Damn it. <laughs> He's new to this. Don't know, be, don't be so hard on him. All right. Anyways, He's the newbie Bob, to town. Bob, what did you think of Hot Fuzz? Um... It was a nonstop roller coaster ride of action. <laughs> I like the, that uncertainty. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the quote. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was uh, very fast and got faster and kept getting faster and I kept waiting for that time where my brain could catch up with what was happening and it never happened. <laughs> and right at the very end, it finally was over and then I was like okay now I can start to process what I've just seen because mm-hmm. it was a very very pa- fast paced film uh, I really appreciated the the cinematography and the and the fact that the the uh, the directing was such that it was just like okay here's the bit where this happens and it was like two seconds with five shots in it yeah and you're like okay so that was that whole usual trope where we go through all this bit in a, in one of these films and we've just compressed it into two seconds and just said yeah it happened mm-hmm so and I you think. all know this trope, so we don't need to. We don't need to. Right. We, we just, don't need to do it in ten minutes. We, we can show do it in door, thirty file seconds. Cabinet, a pen, yeah. and 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 somebody frowning, mm-hmm. and we've just done that whole scene where he has to fill out all the paperwork. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. The the montages happened yeah. super super quickly, and really and that's fast. and and that that's the way most of Edgar Wright's stuff is constructed where it's like, okay, we all know what happens in this filler mm-hmm. part here is a pop, 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 pop. And each of those shots is so clean and so well yep. constructed that it's like, peace lily, here's his reaction. It's raining. Wider mm-hmm. shot establishes he's in the town. He's traveling. He's, it, and it's, and it, that's all you need to get from that. It's like travel, reaction. Here's the, the emotional touch point. Boom, 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 done. Yep. And that's all you need. And it, yeah. and and that's what he was talking about. It you know in the intro is the the, the scene construction is so clean and yeah. like even in the longer scenes, it every shot means something. Well, like and, the, and the, yeah, the one that really jumped out was um, uh, James Bond. Um, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Timothy Dalton in his store giving his his, sle- his sleazy grin and over his shoulder is his portrait yes. of him giving that exact same sleazy <laughs> yes. grin. Yes. That kind of con- clean construction. Well, and the and there's like layers to the references too because this is a very obviously a very reference heavy movie, but you know, with him he's got his like sexy sidekick, not really sexy, but you know, kind of the 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 Bond girl at the store and he's got his big thug and his like little little array of grocery store henchmen yes. and <laughs> He's the supervillain in this film, even yeah. if he isn't actually the supervillain. Yeah, but it, you can tell he's having the best time ever. <laughs> well, and this was a funny film for me because in some ways I was the wrong person to watch this, and in some ways I was just the right person to watch this. Because on the one hand, I am not very well 
educated in the, that genre of films. Mm-hmm. I was missing all the references. Oh, yeah. Um, there yeah, wasn't a single one I got. If you can think of a reference, I'm absolutely sure I missed it. On the other hand, I've been to those villages in England. I've mm-hmm. been up to Bakewell, <laughs> and I've mm-hmm. been through uh, the Peak District. And, I mean, I've, I've, w- I've literally walked through villages like this in the Peak District going, how does any human being grow up in this setting? Yeah. Only hobbits can grow up in this <laughs> setting. No humans can. And so I know those villages, at least visually. I don't know them for having lived there. That would be the next thing. And now you know that they comfort. just kill all the children. They kill everyone yeah. who does not yeah. uh, uh, conform, which I think is you know a valid social approach. But I don't <laughs> endorse it myself. A, I'm not sure whether that's the, the point of view of the liberals or the conservative party in England. But... Um, <laughs> And that's different from the liberals and conservatives here. Very yeah. different. They, they, they're kind of like 45 degree angles from yes, each other. But uh, but yeah, it, the, the, beauty, the beauty of, um, well, there are three movies in this trilogy, and this is the middle movie. There's Shaun of the Dead, which about, you have seen, have and seen then uh, there's Hot Fuzz, and then there's uh, The World's the End. The World's End, yeah. And they form the Cornetto trilogy, and Cornettos in England are these, the, the, the yeah, the ice cream cones that they're eating in this movie. But it, they're, um, all three of them are relationship comedies packaged inside uh, a genre spoof that is also a really good example of that genre. Yeah, Edgar Wright does these amazing things that are both spoofs and homages. Yeah. So, you know, Shaun of the Dead is in is unquestionably a spoof of the zombie genre, but it's also a very good example of the zombie genre. Yeah, and and same with Hot Fuzz. So so it's going a back to of the buddy cop mm-hmm. genre. Yeah, but it's also a very good buddy cop movie. And so the knowledge of the references is not required ab- admission fee for entry. No, no, so, I was able to enjoy it perfectly so yeah. well, yes. And I, yeah. and I have seen enough buddy cop dramas that I recognize the structure and I could see them becoming buddies who are cops, etc. Um, just the individual, you know, the, the except where they reference the movie directly by having them watch it and then recreating those scenes within mm-hmm. the movie, then I'm like, oh, okay, I can see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and where they, they are referencing that something that specific, they always do give you the t- touch point before going after it yep. later, yep. which is very nice. A lot of the things I was giggling at are more just stylistic choices that they were making. Um, like, uh, the opening shot is this... It's like ripped from the pages of Tony Scott. I mean, it it is yeah, like one hundred percent. Long walk, that backlit walk yeah. up to the up to the camera. Yeah, yeah. and it's the the orange and blue uh, Michael Bay uh, color set, and it it is a perfect except, uh, establishing shot. Just like mm-hmm. it could have appeared in any of these directors that they're referencing, or um, the final shot. Uh, after the miniature village scene where the the helicopter passes overhead in slow motion, <laughs> that is uh, that shot appears in like half of Michael Bay's movies. I'm pretty sure uh, yeah, bad, bad Boys Two would be one of them. I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, I think that's exactly uh, where it, it appears first. And also Bad Boys One, probably because they are pretty much the same movie. Uh, um, no, Bad Boys Two is like next level ape shit. It's amazing. <laughs> I I love Bad Boys Two. I've come around. I I profess my love for it. Um, and then of course um, when he when Simon Pegg is on horse and he get gets off the horse in the middle of town 
and the doves fly up and it's like that's John Woo. Uh, <laughs> no, I, this time I, I and I don't know why I didn't notice it. I've watched the movie several times. I yeah. didn't notice the Chinatown reference. The Chinatown <laughs> reference. Like, that is so great. Yeah. <laughs> completely missed every one of those yeah yeah and and but like i said they're not required for enjoying enjoying the movie at all they're 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 hitting those points and the extra references are great and and it's fun and especially like the deeper cuts where like you know tim and i have seen this multiple times and I'm still picking up things. That yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't see that before. And then there are the moments where, like, Bob breaks out laughing and says, he just kicked a granny in the face. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> so, in fairness, she was going to shoot. No, he, shoot him. Yes. Yeah. He kicked an old lady he had, in the face. He had the right, he had, that, that was the right move under the circumstances. Bob's reaction to Romeo and Juliet was priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that Romeo and Juliet was... Oh, God. Was, why does Juliet have wings? Yeah, and, and it's like, well, well it's that, that Basil Lerman, jo- Romeo plus Juliet, Claire Danes thing. And, the, and then they break out into song and, and Bob's head explodes. <laughs> what the... Well, and, and that is actually one of the movies that shows up in Romeo plus Juliet. One of the movies, you mean one of the songs? The, the, one of the songs, yeah, I mean. Right, yeah, right. One, of the, one of the songs. The song at the end is that, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it, it's a it's a movie I find almost infinitely rewatchable just because it's so clean and so clipped. And they, well, like I said, I see more things in it every time I see it. Well, and as I mentioned before, part of it, my interest in seeing this with you guys was because of the references in in the anxiety play that that I helped write. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wondered why the why the protagonist would find this movie rewatchable, as mm-hmm. you just said. And it's funny because I have my own um, sort of comfort movie. I I will rewatch the Secret Life of Walter Mitty to an obnoxious degree to mm-hmm. the point where I listen I, I listen to it in Spanish now because I know all the English words. <laughs> learn the spanish words oh that's cool yeah, it's, yeah. that's kind of that's that's amazing bob i love it <laughs> but but i've watched I, I i find i watch the movie because i find it comforting i find this mm-hmm. movie very uh comforting this movie is tons of fun i don't find it comforting <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where you would be comforting but it's yeah. certainly engaging yeah it, i think it's a it's great escapism and i think it's um it, it grabs you and takes you where it, it, it's one of those things where it's it's a movie where it grabs your attention no matter oh, yeah. where you enter and it will just take you through to the end. And I think it's that sort of wonderful, like especially good macaroni and cheese, you know, oh, yeah. and it just kept yeah. speeding up. And yeah, it starts slower. It, yeah. You know, it does the establishing of the character and it, it sets him in, in London and it has the, the whole uh, sort of quasi emotional scene with the masked and uncredited Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. um, who I kept expecting to turn up again so that's why I was guessing she was the killer because I'm like why was she in the movie otherwise but no, because, it's because she wanted to be in the movie because yep. Kate Blanchett went up to Edgar Wright and she's like I, I want to work with you guys and goes you didn't, you okay didn't mention, you didn't mention the other cameo that's right the, at the beginning the, the other film. big cameo right the at the beginning uh, Santa it's Santa Claus who stabs Peg through the hand is 
is is Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. It is Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I like what you guys are doing. Okay, do you want to do you want a cameo? Okay. We'll dress you up like Santa Claus. Yep. And you get to stab Simon Pegg through the hand. Well, with the the, the success of um of Shaun of the Dead, so many of these actors wanted to work with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and I mean there there are four people involved in this who kind of moved together as a united front and so it's edgar wright the director and you we've got simon Pegg and nick frost the two protagonists and, and simon Pegg and edgar wright co-wrote yeah. yeah yeah they they wrote the movie over a period of like 18 months it, mm-hmm. it's a very polished piece of work and then there's nero park who is the producer and the four of them all started working together on a tv show called spaced mm. Uh, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, it started in 1999 and ran for a few seasons. I want to say it was two seasons. I do not remember. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, they all work together, and and Peg and Nick Frost are like besties. They're best of friends. That actually comes out in all their films, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that really came out in Spaced, and and once again, Spaced is a TV show that is very Mm referency, very referency for TV and movies, and so a lot of what came out in Shaun of the Dead was kind of originated in spaced mm-hmm. so Nero park this producer um is is she is very good at working with comedians and making sure they stay focused which is very important with this crew <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know shauna the dead and and this one and the world's end and um, you know, to some extent, Scott Pilgrim, um, which kind of... And Paul which, is also an Edgar Wright Paul film. Paul is also an Edgar Wright film with Simon Pegg, but I don't think Nick Frost was in it. I, I, I didn't see Paul. I don't think so. But uh, Now I'm going to look it up. But yeah, there, it, it's like this team of four people that mm-hmm. made these these properties happen. And so it, it's interesting watching the Cornetto trilogy and watching... Right, kind of evolve as a director. I mean, he started out as a very strong director because Shaun of the Dead is brilliant. And then this is like even cleaner and snappier. And then The World's End, which is sometimes hard to like because Peg, who is a very very charming person on screen, he plays a totally despicable character. Mm. And and so I know a lot of people who, where that's kind of like a... a disappointment or, or something that kind of mm-hmm. is a barrier for them really liking the film because that core protagonist is so dislikable, but it is a magnificent piece of storytelling. Okay. And 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 the twist in that one is even more hidden than the one in here where, where suddenly there's cultists and it's like, oh, wait, what cultists? <laughs> and <laughs> and the, the, the 90 degree turn in, in World's End is amazing. It's Sorry, much... Paul, by the way, written by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, Edgar Wright was not involved. Okay, I knew, I knew one, at least one of them was not involved. Okay. And Nick Frost is in it. Yeah, okay. okay. I've, well, I've never seen Paul. And I, 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 having seen uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead and some of the other uh, Simon Pegg movies, it was funny to see him in this role as a very hard-bitten yeah. guy because, you know, he's not. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he, in his movies, he comes across as an everyman. Mm-hmm. And so here he's an everyman who's trying to also be this hard-bitten cop. Yeah, and he, but he's, he's so good at it, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is the It's almost really, like acting. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, he's so sharp at this role. Yep. It's so good. Let's roll, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and the his these especially like with Nick Frost, like when you get to the third movie, World's End, Nick Frost is the competent one. Mm. And and Simon Pegg is the is the fuck up who comes back later and wants to get all the guys together for one less pub crawl. Mm-hmm. And that's like the basis of the movie. But um and that is really fascinating to see that dynamic flip too. Sure. Sure. So like yeah, they're yeah. they're good performers. <clears throat> they are. And yeah. um, Edgar Wright is and and uh like I mentioned uh in the in the intro Baby Driver, which is the most recent Edgar Wright film. Which I am dying to see and I still um, haven't seen and it. And which yet. he does which doesn't involve Simon Pegg or Nick Frost no. as far as I know, but uh it, it just even in that film, uh, in that film is kind of an homage slash parody of uh, Tarantino. Yeah, which is really fascinating to watch somebody yeah. do, do an homage to Tarantino while also poking fun at Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's remarkable that that he's got. I mean, clearly he has this respect for the material, mm-hmm. but also is like, eh, and we can poke fun at it too. And and this is a a great example of that. In the in the the beginning of the film is very much poking fun at all of these tropes, and then it adopts all of them. Right. Yeah. And it it doesn't just just adopt them; it embraces them. Yeah. Literally, when they were writing the script, they had this list of action cliches from Roger Ebert. They were using as a checklist. <laughs> <laughs> do we got that yep 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 oh we don't have that one yet we'll have to figure a way to write that one in <laughs> what i found interesting in this one too is that when there is this climactic scene when he arrives on horseback by the way spoilers everybody oh yeah um but, they, oh, we don't oh, even no, tell people know, about right, that yeah. on this podcast yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, once the 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 music rolls it's like they're yeah, expected to go do that. their homework um but what i thought was interesting is he comes into town for his big showdown and then he starts dispatching bad guys through indirect means yeah and I'm thinking, okay, so it's going to be sort of cartoonish. Like he shoots a truck, it gets a flat, and the barrels roll over the bad guy and mm-hmm. knock him down. And then he does a couple of shoulder shots, which is getting closer to just dispatching somebody. And and we're all fine and good. There's a little brutality at the end, but still nobody is just shot and killed and knocked over. Until one guy's blown up under a mine. Yes. Yes. And then, but, but that's by his own hubris. It's by his own, it's <laughs> by his own problem. And, and, and then, of course, we don't find out, I think, who survives the explosion of the squad of police. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody. Presumably everybody. Everybody, yeah. everybody yeah. survives. But it kind of makes it a little cartoony for mm-hmm. me by then. Oh, no, that's, that's totally and, fair. And yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, once the guns come out, it becomes an action movie cartoon. An action movie cartoon, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say that's, that's so. And it, I would have liked, maybe he was foreshadowed and I missed it earlier because there was a lot happening, but the kid in the miniature town, it would have been good if he'd been foreshadowed earlier so that when he reappeared, he had a little more emotional anchor for being there. Yeah. You know, even if Peg had just nodded to him passing in the street, and he may have, maybe I missed it. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, so conveniently we have a, a kid in the scene now. Yeah. And yeah, Peg has yeah. to protect him, and it adds a level of tension. It would have been nice if he'd been stitched in earlier so that he reappeared and had more meaning for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think... He's I not one of the hoodie kids. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think he... Ab- 
he appears earlier. Not that I've caught. And, and he could have ended up on the cutting room floor because I'm sure there was a lot of cutting. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I and, enjoyed Bob watching the film and doing things like, isn't there a goose at that car? And then, <laughs> and then sure enough, the there's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, the swan's name is Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have I have this characteristic where I, I remember things in sort of physical space, and so when he gets in the car to drive away, my brain just went goose in back seat, yeah. and so I was like, "There's goose in that car." <laughs> <laughs> There's no Chekhov's gun will yeah, get think, by you, Bob. That's right. I think I uh, I think the reason that 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 Chekhov's kid is notable gun. is just because pretty much everything else that happens in the film is a setup that has a payoff. Mm-hmm. Right. You know the the idea that that. The eventual, the eventual thing that gets our uh, that gets Timothy Dalton is being impaled on a church spire, yeah, which recalls one of the murder techniques right. from earlier in the yeah. film, right? Um, and by the way, that is one of the most disturbing special effects I've ever seen in my <laughs> really life, is. and it astonishes me every single time. Mm. And that was another point where Bob was like, "That wouldn't kill. That wouldn't kill somebody." And we're like. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Which gets me every time. And it's like, oh, it's horrible, but it's hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh. All right, Melissa, then we have reached the point where uh, we need to uh, address some of the trivia facts. Uh, I was reading the trivia facts myself. Oh, yeah. It, it's uh, and dense. There, are, there are gazillions of them. And we will probably not cover them all. But And we've covered some of the fun ones like the Kate Blanchett and Peter Jackson cameos. Yeah. But uh, there are, I'm sure, other other <coughs> factoids about this film you would like to share with our listeners. Well, every time I watch this movie, there's I recognize more and more the actors because they have then gone on to do bigger and more recognizable things. Like, young Martin Freeman, I forgot he was in this entirely. And then he shows up, it's like, oh my god, he's so young, look at him, he's so oh, cute. And he has a much bigger part in The World's End. Yeah, huge part in, yeah, he's one of the, the main cast in World's End, but, you know, in between then, he is on Sherlock, and, and mm-hmm. the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, and uh, and of course... For which we do not hold him accountable directly. <laughs> no, there, I have so many things to say about that movie. And, and The Hobbit and Some film, of them are good, and some of them are not. Also do not have mm, I, I have a lot of things to Still say about that. Those. He, that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, um, 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 Steve Coogan, uh, I caught this time yeah. uh, because I recently watched Philomena, and he's fantastic in that. Yeah, and very good film. Of course, Bill Nighy. Every time he shows yeah. up in anything, it's like, oh, Bill oh, Nighy. Bill hey. Nighy. Uh, the the guy from Black Books. I have watched Black Books since uh, yes, revisiting Black Books this. Is a fun uh, series. Bill Bailey, who is, um, I believe, he started out in stand up and is starting to show up in. Well, and in a lot of the older actors yeah. in the film yeah. are, are from other, you know, obviously oh, Broadbent. D- D- David Bradley, who played Filch, Filch in the Harry out. Potter universe yeah. since then. Um, I recognize one yeah. of the two guys from Little Britain. Yep, yep, uh, one of the Little the Britain guys. Well, it, it, all these guys are working British actors, which right. means, you know, they're they in a in zillion things. That's yeah. what British actors do. Yeah, it's like, yep. hey, you'll give me a paycheck? Cool. Yeah. But but the great thing is, you know, like I said earlier, because of Shaun of the Dead and the success of it, everybody wanted to work with these guys. So Jim Broadbent begged to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was apparently relatively easy to get Timothy Dalton. And after Dalton finished shooting, it's like, 
this was the most fun I've ever had on a movie. This and apparently they wrote yeah. that part for Dalton. They yeah. Like, we yeah, want, they we want Timothy wanted... Dalton to play this part. And then he said, sure. And yeah. they were like, yes! Because <laughs> they're big nerds. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah, there's see. no evidence of that in this film, <laughs> no. that they're big nerds. Okay. No, no. But man, he looks like he's having the best time. <laughs> um, let's see, who else? Oh, Edward Woodward, who played the character Weaver. Um here, here's here's a deeper cut. So Edward Woodward, a uh, fine British actor who passed away a couple years after this was made. Um, the plot of this movie is very essentially a 1973 film called The Wicker Man. Um, Which is the, a messed up film. It is a bizarre oh ass movie. It's, we got it, it, we got to do that. Oh, film. we have to do Wicker Man, Jeez, not the Nicolas Cage it, remake. No, 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 no. Whoever we show oh, it to no. is just gonna be like, what the fuck? Well, especially especially when you get Christopher Lee in drag singing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's just mm. yeah. Okay. So so the plot of the Wicker Man is this very straight laced, very Christian cop is. Uh, uh, sent to this remote uh, English island where there's kind of this artist colony living there to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. And so he's he's sent into this community and he's very obviously the outsider and, and he's, you know, very strict and, and there this is like prime hippie territory and so there's weird pagan shit going on and he's like I do not approve and, and there's all this friction between him and the community and like the big uh, head figure of the community is played by Christopher Lee which is awesome and uh, there's a young Brit, Brit Eklund who is mostly <laughs> naked for a lot of the movie yeah. and um, it was kind of this outsider horror movie produced in Britain that was kind of part of the same way as The Exorcist where it's this horror movie that comes from um, the the secular world colliding with the Christian world colliding with things that are older than that. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it all winds up very, very badly for the character played by Edward Wordward involving a, a giant burning statue. And uh, so anyway, guess what kind of statue it is from the name of the film. Yeah. But anyway, that's yeah. a spoiler. So anyway, Edward, yeah, Wordward, all a spoiler. Edward anyway. Woodward showing up in this movie is very, very significant because this that's essentially the, 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 the plot is an homage to the point where they were going to call the grocery store Summer Isle, uh-huh. which is the name of the the <laughs> island in we Wicker sh- Man. Yes, we should mention that the name of the town in this film is significant. Yeah. Um, what is the name? What it's uh, a, uh, Summerfield. Summerfield is no, uh, no, 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 no. Some some. Oh. God damn it! Now I got we just out. watched it. And we, and, and, and I was I'm so I want to say Staffordshire, but I don't that, no, that wasn't it either. No, it, it starts with an S and it, it, it ends an in England. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It's a Shire Land. Shingleland. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. It, it has. It has. It, the the, the re- number of syllables does not match what the is spelled. The name of the town is important, is because it is the name of the fictional town. They use to train police officers in England. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. Um, so it's, and there, there are a lot of police yeah. um, references too. Like the name Doris, apparently, um, long ago, any female employee of the police force was named a Doris or mm-hmm. called it Doris, Doris, and so she was actually named Doris. So, <laughs> um, Sanford. Oh it is Sanford. Sanford. So there you go. <laughs> Forget it, it's Sanford. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah. The the um, the German Shepherd apparently was like a rejected police dog. Uh, it because was because he was too nice. He was too nice. The dog was too nice. He was just yeah. So they used him for the for the so movie he used him as an actor <laughs> because you know he could act mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. couldn't be mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else? Um, oh, and- I know one thing that I read that I that I liked was that Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, when they were in their police uniforms, looked very convincing. Yeah. So people would constantly stop them and ask for directions, <laughs> and and they would just play and along. They would just they would they give were. directions that were wrong because mm-hmm. they didn't know the <laughs> yeah, they- answer, but they would still help. Yeah, and if I remember right, the the town that they actually filmed in was Edgar Wright's hometown. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think so they filmed, Wells. They filmed in Edgar Wright's borough. Ah. Okay, so we're going to move on from that joke to literally anything else. Um. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, Nick Frost was given homework before doing this movie. He was supposed to watch like 20 different action movies, and the only one he watched was Bad Boys 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Clearly, clearly. Nick, that just kind of seems like a Nick Frost thing. He, he. I've always gathered that the character he plays here, and which is similar to the one he plays in space, is kind of similar to what he's like in real life. Kind of Nick Frosty. Kind of mm-hmm. Nick Frosty. I, I feel like these the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost that we see in Shaun of the Dead is about right, about what they're. Like in real life, <laughs> that could be. having having never met either of them. Now Edgar and Wright, I've met. met. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah. got to talk about that. Yeah, and, you and have it's super. Met Edgar Wright. I have. We are he's... sitting in the presence of someone who has sat in the presence <laughs> of film royalty. Yeah, and I never really had much of a conversation with him, but he was. He showed up at Fantastic Fest. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but um, I'm like. An inch taller than him, and I think I was wearing uh, boots with heels on him that day. So, his, like, the top of his head was, head was nose height on me. And so I was standing in line, and then I, like, turned around. There was a shorter person in front of me. and was like, ah, and I'm used to that because I know Wendy. But um, <laughs> but I kind of collided with this guy. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I went, oh, shit, that's Edgar Wright. Uh, <laughs> so it's his, his, the top of his head being level with my nose. I was like, hmm, his hair smell ni- smells nice. Um, this is kind <laughs> so of uncomfortable. we know that Edgar Wright is shorter than Melissa and his hair smells nice. Yeah, his hair smells nice. I this, these that. are the things you learn on a real education that you couldn't right. learn on another podcast. No. Yeah. He's, he's bite-sized. He's, There's he's a very nice guy. <laughs> he's also bite-sized. Hopefully so. <laughs> It doesn't sound like she did, or she left it out of the story for fear of reprisal. Yeah, yeah. I did not eat Edgar Wright, for the record, because he just he just made a movie. He just made a movie. He yeah, couldn't have eaten. I, I could not have eaten have Ed, done. Edgar Wright. He wouldn't have been done. No, right. Or they yeah. would have said the, you know, the in the credits it would say for Edgar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Eaten by someone at Fantastic. <laughs> someone Fest. At, and I'm sure I would have been banned <laughs> at that point. I think I think at the very least they would have had to ban you from the festival for that. I, I mean they would have gone said, "Well, Ace is for cannibalism because we're all for that, but uh yeah, you there can't do that." There would have been an outcry if you had. There would have been, been an outcry. There really would have been. So, uh before I go to final thoughts, Melissa, are there any other uh tidbits that you feel are important to share? Um one of the things I really enjoyed that I caught this time is like, "Oh, he's he's running like Tom 
Tom Cruise because <laughs> he's got the Tom Cruise run with the the chopper hands oh, and because okay. <laughs> it makes you look like you're going even faster. Because <laughs> there are a few people who look as good running on Tom film Cruise as Tom runs Cruise better on film than basically anybody. I, I don't know if he's actually fast, but he looks well, like he's, he's fast. He's so tiny, and they film him to look average sized, and so that makes him look faster. And they film okay. him, and they film him in slow motion. But yep. yeah, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise is pretty much the only actor I've ever seen that I believed could outrun an explosion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So you know, kudos to him for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we'll go with final thoughts, Bob. We are going to invite you to uh, take first shot at your final thought on Hot Fuzz. I just don't think that that many people would survive a mine explosion that destroys a two-story brick building. I'm just, I'm just saying. Aside from that, that was a roller coaster ride of fun. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's your concern. Okay. Well, That's I mean, the only thing I had a problem with in this entire movie. <laughs> also, for for a movie that has that much gunfire, nobody actually dies by. Gunshot. I, I, I think actually incompetent people with guns might have that very same outcome. So You may be correct. Yeah, yeah. But, but we Nick Frost is theoretically, not Nick Frost, uh, Simon Pegg is theoretically a very good shot. But oh. he is not using an air rifle in the That's shootout true. at He's the end. So yeah. Yeah. That might be the problem. Well, well, he has issues with guns, as was established yeah, earlier that. in the movie. So. All right, Melissa, your final thoughts. Oh, let's see. Um, I, I was... I was very pleased to hear the the Mac startup ring <laughs> in the police station because they they purposely used one that was like 15 years old by that point and and yeah because I I can pretty much hear a Mac startup ping and go oh 1997 uh, <laughs> oh that one was just used on the LC and mm. <laughs> That's a disturbing factoid about Melissa, but perhaps not about this film. I've owned a lot of Macintoshes in my life, I'm just saying. I've been in the field for 40 years, but I do not have an ear for every single startup chime that I've heard all those times. So kudos to your your eidetic memory in that regard. (laughs) Melissa has her own special skills, and that is... That is but one of them. Yes, that it's is true. but one. Oh, oh, and Yarp guy is now in Game of Thrones. Yarp! Or he spent a... A couple seasons on Game of Thrones. Narp. Narp. <laughs> I love that. Narp. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. <laughs> um, I guess uh, my final thought, I was just going to say that uh, as, as disturbing as I find uh, Timothy Dalton being impaled <laughs> by the uh, church steeple, uh, I, church spire, it's not a steeple, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, I, I found sli- even more disturbing when the bartender gets caught in a bear trap. Oh, God, uh, yes. Just because there's something about bear traps that really bugs me. and I, That's I, fair. I think, I think it is, you know, when I see people get, and anytime they get bear trapped, you know, <laughs> it, it bothers well, me. And, and who says, let's hang up this bear trap and be sure to arm it before we hang it on the wall? Yeah. Because it's hard to arm an air, a bear trap. Homicidal oh, yeah. bartenders, I Bob. Suppose, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I, I think you'd. You should like disconnect the spring before doing that. That, that would be something that, you'd want to do. Yeah, they should talk to Penn and Teller about that before they try it next time. They, they really should. Penn and Teller. One of uh, one of their newer acts involves. Um, <laughs> okay, so tangent time. One of their newer <laughs> acts involves uh, uh, Teller going through a bunch of bear traps and picking up sandwich fixings and making a sandwich for himself. Anyway, and they probably know how to do it without getting getting themselves. Yep. One hopes. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, that's my final thought. I will also let you know that uh, up next, we are continuing with our Bond series with 
Uh, we are moving on to Pierce Brosnan. Yes. And his first film is Bond, Goldeneye. We will be <laughs> once again be joined by Chris Vanderkamp, yeah. our uh, established James Bond virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bob, thank you so much for joining it us for Hot Fuzz. Do you have anything that you wanted to plug? I should have maybe asked that sooner. I, I have absolutely nothing to plug. None of my balls were drawn in the Fringe Festival. So, Well, uh, that I, sounds like more comfortable than the... Yeah, the French Festival does start uh, right. the day after we That's this goes up. City and, here. <laughs> and I do have a show called Death in Yosemite that I wrote for the French Festival, which is an adaptation of a book titled Death in Yosemite, which is a nonfiction book about everybody who has ever died in Yosemite National Park. G- Many- given that I was at the dinner where the concept was broached <laughs> to you, that I really need to see this. You should. It's, yes. It's, it's, it's wonderful stories of dumb people dying in Yosemite National Park. Sweet. And it features one of my favorite performers, ben- Benjamin Damask, who is yeah. a multi-talented Ooh. juggler and uh, clown, and here now also actor. So he will not be juggling, but he will be uh, <laughs> clowning, crusty so, juggler. Yeah, uh, it also features features friend of the show Wendy Bowlesby. So uh, if you're listening to this before the Minnesota Fringe Festival or during the Minnesota Fringe Festival, which runs Thursday, August, I think second through Sunday, August twelfth. Yeah, something like um, that. Something like that. Fast. Uh, it is it is coming up right after this uh, this episode goes up, and I uh, hope you check out Death in Yosemite because it is a very silly show, and I am pleased with it. So, uh, I'm sorry, it will be Thursday, August third. There you go. Through Sunday, August thirteenth. That would be my twins' twenty sixth birthday. Happy birthday, Leo and Genevieve. Leo and Genevieve. Happy on the, birthday on the thirteenth or the third. The third. The third. third On the third. Okay, that was... uh, We're done now. Bye. Bye. You going to get him a peace lily? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And a Cornetto. (laughs) Yay! We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Deep.